Hello, I am Bob Bostock. You are listening to Discover DEP, the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection's official podcast. Each week, we will provide you with timely information about how DEP protects and preserves New Jersey's air, water, land, and natural and historic resources. Please feel free to add this podcast to your iTunes or RSS feed. You can also follow DEP on the web at nj.gov DEP. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Bob Bostock, and I'm pleased to welcome you to our latest edition of Discover DEP. We're very pleased to have with us today Melinda Dower, a research scientist in DEP's Office of Air Quality, Energy, and Sustainability. And Melinda is here today to talk to us about Air Quality Awareness Week, which kicks off on May 2nd this year. It's the 10th anniversary of Air Quality Awareness Week. It's an important uh, time for everyone to pay attention to the air that we breathe. We take it for granted, but there are things we can all do to make our air cleaner and to make sure we're protecting our health, particularly when we're outside during the summer months that are coming up. Melinda, thanks so much for being with us today. My pleasure. Tell us, this 10th anniversary of Air Quality Awareness Week, can you tell us what DEP has done uh, over the years, not just over the past 10 years, but over the years to improve the quality of the air we breathe here in the Garden State? Sure, we, we have made great progress in reducing air pollution. Um, there that have been installed on cars and trucks, all sorts of motor vehicles. And we've also in- installed many controls on our power plants to reduce the emissions that come from them. Uh, and even consumer products, the things we take for granted that we use every day like paints and hairsprays, um, those have much fewer uh, chemicals in them and uh, fewer emissions. So. New Jersey is fortunate because compared to the rest of the country, we have a very clean source of power here in New Jersey. We uh, have some nuclear power plants which have fewer emissions and our electric power sector has reduced its emissions both of sulfur dioxide, which is a big concern, by 94% and nitrogen oxides by over 50% uh, over about a 10-year period. So we've we've done very well. We're also uh, in a position where a lot of air pollution that comes into New Jersey comes from outside the state. Um, The winds generally blow from west to east, and so we get some emissions here in the state from uh, Pennsylvania and from the Midwest. So we're very active in working with other states and the federal government to uh, limit the emissions that are coming into the state. Are the power generating plants in those other states not as clean as what we have in New Jersey? Is that why the problem of the air emissions blowing over to, to that our is, state? That is correct. We have tighter controls here in New Jersey. Well, we ought to, uh, if anybody's listening in Pennsylvania or Ohio or those other states, talk to your folks about getting some clean energy there. Yes. Um, what will we be doing at DEP during Air Quality Awareness Week to let people know not only about the air quality, but uh, how they can improve the quality of the air that we breathe and what sort of things they need to look for on days where the air quality may not be so great. Sure, well, we're, we're lucky that all the actions we've taken so far has helped us to comply with some air pollution standards like particulate matters, but uh, ozone is a very persistent chemical and it's the one that we're focused on for Air Quality Awareness Week. So. Uh, We try to educate the public whenever we can through a podcast or through other social media websites and uh, listservs and things like that. We get the word out uh, that for pollutants like ozone, 
it's important to understand that vehicles are the biggest source of ozone. They contribute more than half of the uh, ozone chemicals and people can really have a significant impact in reducing those emissions by making informed choices about the type of vehicles they drive and how much they drive them or how little they drive them, uh, whether they keep them maintained and so on. So that's a, a big message for us. Now I seem to recall a few years ago there was a lot of concern because the ozone layer was shrinking and it, it, at that time we thought it was important to have more ozone. Now you're telling us that ozone is, is a bad thing. Can you explain the uh, difference between those two sure. concerns? Sure. What we generally call good ozone, uh, which is the ozone that's in the upper atmosphere, and that's the ozone that protects us from the harmful ultraviolet light. Uh, when ozone occurs at ground level, we refer to it as bad ozone because it has health effects, uh, it even impacts plants and uh, crop production, things like that. So that's the ozone we're targeting. What sort of health effects does the ozone at ground level have on people? Well, it makes breathing more difficult. Mm -hmm. um, it can cause painful breathing. Uh, I happen to have asthma and so I know that on a, when ozone is high and I take a deep breath, it, it hurts. So, um, and other people with um, other health issues are affected as well. If you have heart um, disease, it tends to increase your, your chances of uh, having some negative health impacts there. So what can people do to find out whether we're having a high ozone day or whether ozone is at a safer level? Well, we encourage them to sign up to um, find out what's called the air quality index. Uh, that ranks air quality as being in the range of good, moderate, unhealthy, etc. And they can, they can get notified about that either by an email or a text by signing up at enviroflash.info. And we encourage people to go ahead and do that. So if they sign up for that, they'll get alerts when there's a high ozone day? Yes, they will. It'll tell them today the ozone level is moderate, and so those who need to be concerned about that can take actions to reduce the impact. So what sort of actions should an individual take who might be concerned about the health effects of ozone in their particular situation? If uh, certain people, um, children and the elderly in particular, uh, should limit their outdoor activities and avoid exertion, so if you tend to do a five-mile jog every day, that's not something you should be out doing on a high ozone day, or you should do it early in the morning when the ozone levels are lower. And uh, what about children? Are children affected by ozone? Yes, absolutely. Children are, have higher incidence of asthma, some of which they grow out of. Uh, and so they too, on a, on a high ozone day, we'd want to limit their exposure outdoors or limit their activities to early in the morning or later in the day. So is this something that uh, schools will be aware of or do, do we have outreach efforts to schools? Or We do. We do have outreach efforts to schools. We try to keep them in the loop and many schools have signed up for the air quality index so that they're being notified directly about uh, what the air quality is. That's so important because I think particularly uh, often since the air is so much cleaner than it used to be we don't necessarily always see that the air is is uh, in an unhealthy state so having that information really helps people make smart decisions for their health and the health of their uh, family and friends 
Yes, absolutely. And, you know, ozone, another word for ozone is smog. So people can, they can look at a skyline or they can look outside and say, oh, today's a smoggy day. You know, perhaps ozone is high. Perhaps I should take some precautions today. We talked recently with um, some folks uh, here about Arbor Day and about trees in New Jersey. And I was astonished to find that 40% of, more than 40% of our state is still forested. I think trees also play a big role in helping keep our air cleaner. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, trees absorb many of the air pollutants, what we call air pollutants, uh, and, you know, sort of render them harmless. But um, trees are also impacted by ozone. The ozone can actually cause their leaves to yellow, and um, so it's, it's something we're concerned about. What steps can individuals take? Uh, you mentioned that motor vehicles um, pump a lot of ozone into the air. Uh, other uh, engines, I guess, probably lawnmowers and things like that do as well. What steps can individuals take to reduce the impact of their uh, motor vehicles and other uh, motors on ozone, particularly in the summer months? Well, the first thing we always recommend to people is to drive the smallest, most fuel-efficient vehicle that meets their family's needs. So obviously people know what their family's needs are, but if you're able to purchase an electric vehicle, you can do that. Um, you drive that car for a long time, seven to 10 years, you're driving anywhere from 10 to 15,000 miles a year or more, and so it's really a big impact. And uh, the more you can do to offset that, the better we'll, we, were all, we will all be. Um, there are lots of other little things people can do. You can buy energy efficient appliances, the less energy that your appliances are using, uh, the less a power plant has to work and, and emit emissions. So, um, and they're you know just generally walking more, driving less. It's healthy. It's good for the environment. Using public transportation, carpooling. Um, don't drive your children to school if there's a school bus available. Mm. You know we those of us who have children, there are always cars parked up, lined up in front of the schools. Um, and by all means, don't idle your vehicle. Hmm. I, I understand that uh, it actually you actually use more fuel and produce more ozone idling than you do if you uh, stop the car and then restarted it. Is that correct? Yes, it is. You, it, it only it only takes about ten seconds or less to uh, to recover from the you know. So if you turn your car off and you turn it back on, um, that's better than ten seconds of idling. Is so, that right? Yeah. And also, I saw a slogan that said uh, when you're at the a gas station to fill it till it clicks and I wasn't quite sure what that meant but could you explain what that means a little bit and how that uh, will help reduce ozone? Sure you don't want to overfill your gas tank because uh, your car is designed so that the emission controls within the car actually prevent the gas gasoline has chemicals in it that uh, cause pollution so uh, you, you don't want to overfill that because the emissions will escape as you're driving and then you also, if you overfill it, sometimes the gasoline spills on the ground. And that's obviously not only a waste of gasoline and your money, but causes some emissions. So. It's kind of amazing, I think, to think about how these little things can really add up to have big results. They absolutely do. And, uh, you know, that's why we need to get the word out, because everybody plays a role in it. And everybody drives vehicles, everyone uses electricity, and we all need to be educated consumers. So in talking about mobile sources and the generation of ozone, the ozone doesn't actually come out of the tailpipe, does it? How, does it, uh, how is it created in the atmosphere when it comes from a, a motor vehicle? 
Well, ozone is actually formed. Um, there's sort of a science behind it, and it's formed by a chemical interaction among nitrogen oxides, which do come from cars and also power plants, and volatile organic compounds, as we call them, which come from household products uh, and also from gasoline, and sunlight, which is why smog is worse in the summer. So it takes all three of those ingredients to sort of cook together and form ozone. Will DEP have on its website uh, any information during Air Quality Awareness Week that uh, folks can refer to? And if so, where would they find that information? Well, we have a website called cleanair.nj.gov, which will have a lot of information and uh, will we'll lead you to other information on the department's web pages. What sort of information would people be able to expect to find on that, uh, on that website? There are, uh, there's information uh, such as brochures that are available. Mm -hmm. If uh, there's a school or a, or a township that wants to just get some information about pollutants and how to reduce them and what they should do. Uh, there's other information on the health effects and how ozone is formed, why it's bad, and so on. A lot of our listeners are young people who are considering going into environmental careers. There's much more awareness particularly among young people about the importance of protecting our environment and, and they're looking for ways to help protect the environment and, and make it cleaner for not only for us today but for future generations. Could you tell us a little bit about your background? How did you, uh, what schooling did you do and how did you become the expert that you are in this area? Sure. I, I grew up in northern New Jersey in West Orange and actually my town was the first town in New Jersey to have a mandatory curbside recycling law, which is our state. Um, and I started recycling in middle school. We started a recycling program because there were none back then. Uh, anyway, and then I went to college. I studied environmental science, and I've worked in air pollution, um, pretty much any sort of environmental protection. That's great. So there are lots of career opportunities for people who want to make that a career. What do you think has been the most rewarding part of your work in the environmental field? You know, um, about 10 years ago, someone came to me and asked me to come work on mobile sources, reducing pollution from mobile sources. And my first thought was, I've been waiting for about 10 years for someone to ask me to do that because it's such a huge source of pollution. It's not something that the state typically regulates but there are lots of activities we can all do to reduce pollution. So, so mobile sources are basically vehicles. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. That's great. Um, we only have another minute or so, so I wonder before we wrap up if there's anything that, uh, any thought that you want to leave with our listeners before we bid them goodbye for this week. Well, I'd like to just encourage them to play their role. You know, we all have a role to play, and uh, with some issues, an individual can't make a difference, but certainly with air pollution, every, everything we do makes a difference. So. And would you just give us one more time that website where people can go to find out more information about uh, Clean Air Awareness Week? Sure. It's cleanair.nj.gov. Great. And we will have that web address on the description of the podcast as well if people uh, didn't get a chance to write it down. Uh, while you just repeated it. Melinda, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. This has been very interesting and, and informative. Uh, we're all looking forward here at DEP to Air Quality Awareness Week and to uh, celebrating the 10th anniversary of this event, which uh, really, I think, by raising awareness has helped make a real difference in the quality of the air we breathe. So we can all breathe a little easier thanks to the work you and your colleagues do. Thanks so much for being with us today, Melinda. Thank you, Bob.
Thanks for listening to Discover DEP. If you have comments on the podcast or ideas for future podcast topics, please email us at podcast at dep.nj.gov. Enjoy the rest of your day.